I am thrilled to announce that An Actor Despairs is partnering with a wonderful CBD company called Kind Farms. Everyone out there has heard of CBD. I started taking it a few years ago when I first started getting sober and to help with my anxiety. Sadly, as one can do, I was overtraining in the gym, and a friend recommended a topical and a tincture to help with the pain. I tried it. It was okay. However, recently, I was introduced to a product that has really changed my life. Not only has it helped me with anxiety, but I am stronger than I have ever been. I'm able to carry out lifts my body used to prevent me from doing. Kind Farm products have single-handedly changed my life athletically and personally. They utilize 100% local licensed farmers, organic cultivation, and CO2 extraction for superior CBD. Kind Farms is turning CBD to a kind alternative to pharmaceuticals. Let's transform tobacco row into hemp row. If you want to get involved, please reach out. Together, we can make a difference. You can use my code RYAN10 for 10% off. You can find them on Instagram at Kind Farms Inc. All one word. That's K I N D P H A R M S I N C. And their website is kindfarmsinc.com. Once again, my code for 10% off is Ryan10. And now, let's get started with today's show. Welcome to An Actor Despairs. I'm your host, Ryan Perez. Today on An Actor Despairs, we have actor Kelvin Harrison. Last year at the Tribeca Film Festival, I saw the premiere of his film, Loose, and he was so amazing in this film. It was one of the most nuanced, multifaceted, and dimensional characters I'd ever seen in film. He's also been in other projects like The Birth of a Nation, 12 Years a Slave, Godfather of Harlem, and It Comes at Night. He's about to take off in his new movie called The High Note with Dakota Johnson. I'm so excited. Here it is. Kevin Harrison, welcome to An Actor Despairs. How you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? Oh, man, I'm, a, I'm a, such a big fan of yours. I, I discovered you, you know, like a lot of people and, and, and all your films. And I, last year at the Loose Tribeca premiere, which was a little crazy afterwards with the Q&A, that poor... Oh, I, yeah. Oh, man, I felt so bad for you guys. I just wanted to, like, shake her. But uh, that's that's my own... Statement, not yours. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I wanted to shake her too. I'm not gonna lie, man. <laughs> yeah, man, it was supposed to, it was supposed to be a celebration. Like she was politicizing, like such a beautiful film, and you were so amazing in that, man. Like what you did in that role, I was just like, this guy is iconic. And then I went back in your film career, man, and you know everything you did working with with Nate Parker, and just like you're on to something. And then the high note, man, I'm I'm so excited for you and. You got a great voice too, man. Like you're, you're amazing all across Thanks, the board. So, oh, dude, I got so much respect and appreciation. But uh, let's start at the beginning. You grew up in New Orleans. Yes, I grew up in New Orleans. Um, my my parents are musicians. My dad's a classically trained saxophonist, and my mom's a jazz vocalist. So, um, music was really heavy in our home. Um, and I started, you know, I went to Anoka New Orleans Creative Arts School, and I studied jazz jazz instrumental. And uh, jazz piano and then wow. trumpet and um, then I played keyboard in the church and that was that was that was that was every day for a very long time. Uh, and so we were you doing the like gospel choir as well. 
Yeah, I would be the keyboards for for the choir. So my mom was the, the director, the choir director, and my dad was, you know, he would play the saxophone on the side, and I would sometimes do a little oohs and ahs, you know. Oh, nice! <laughs> it showed in the movie. That'd be That's about great. It. <laughs> so, dude, I'm so curious. You know, what what was it like growing up in New Orleans? You know, it's such a unique city in America. Like, and I feel like the arts are really there in a, a lot of different ways. How did it manifest for you? Oh yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think. You know, there's so much culture in New Orleans and it's so rich. You know, you can walk down after Katrina. It it was interesting because I think I gained the most out of New Orleans. Um, Granted, I was at the age where I could actually see things better and I would pay attention more. I was 12 when it happened. Oh, so that's Um, definitely the age where you can remember everything. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I remember going to this little red schoolhouse smack in the middle of the French Quarter. So you would pass Cafe Dumont and you would go down to Cater. Um, and then you end up in uh, the little red school. And so you would, you would see artists, you see the, 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 the blue dog, you know, um, the, infamous, the, the famous blue dog. Um, you know, you would see crawfish shops and you would hear the brass bands playing down the street. You know, there would be parades happening. It was just, you were constantly immersed in just like, just artistry. Um, yeah. so, so you have to kind of take it in. I, I remember, you know, I had no choice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's, I'm so curious to ask because I usually think it goes one of two ways. Like you go into the arts or you, you don't being that your parents were artists. Did you have that imperative very young or did that happen later on? Uh, I, I think it was very young. I mean, I, I think, you know, for a long time, I thought I was going to do something, um, practical, um, that made sense. Like uh, I was going to go to law school. I was going to be a doctor. Something that was, that was easier to me in my mind, rather than trying to be an artist. Because my parents kept demonstrating to me how difficult it was. Um, yeah. But you know, at the same time, my dad was like, "Well, you're going to play an instrument." So I started off playing violin before Katrina, and that was the oh, that nice. was what I did. And I was, you know, I was really good at it. I got selected to be in this group of like uh, I guess a hundred kids to play in, in New York. Um, um, called World on a String, and I was like the first, you know, first chair of, you know, wow. had, like, was that nine, like Radio City or something, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, and um, and uh, anyway, that was really cool. And then, uh, you know, after that, I tried guitar. I was not good at it, so I stopped. And then after that, and that's so, so then that, that's when I had to kind of decide to play trumpet or piano because my dad was like, "You're not going to come go to school did with you, me." Did you ever do the play. band thing? Yeah, I was in my I was in band. My dad, because my dad was a teacher at that point too. Oh, so wow. after Katrina, he was uh yeah after Katrina, I went to his school and um I was in his band and I did concert band, I did um big band, I did jazz band, I did brass band, I did marching band. Um, and then after when I went to high school, I went to my high school band um, and I did those things. And then I joined the choir in high school, which was different. But, That's yeah. beautiful. <laughs> and, and in high school did something happen with acting? Like where did the, where did that road start to take form? Um, you know, it was, I was, I was always curious about trying. And I remember, um, <clears throat> I remember I wanted to know if I could do it. Uh, cause all my friends were doing it at a, at a certain point. And so I remember there was a play, they were doing Midsummer Night's Dream and there was, uh, the role of Puck. Oh yeah. And, um, I was like, okay, well, um, my buddy, I had auditioned. I, I was terrible. I didn't get the part. My buddy got the part. And I was like, if you drop out, um, 
I'll do something for you, whatever it is. I was like, in, in exchange, I was like, oh, just let wow. me do it. Like, if you're, but it was kind of messed up because I was like, if you're really my friend, you'll let me do it because I really want it. What a homie. Yeah, yeah, he did it and <laughs> I got to do it. Um, and that was like my first taste. And once again, I was bad in the play. Um, and then the well, next time, you know. What a heavy thing to tackle, though, Iambic as your first thing. You know, that's. Man, no wonder you're so good. <laughs> I, had, I had no clue what I was talking about. I was just like saying words. And yeah. just like, this is so bad. But um, was it, yeah, did you I, have I a think, good teacher? Um, no, because I wasn't in an acting class wow. at the school. It was just like, a, it was just, yeah, it, not many kids wanted to do that play. <laughs> and I think. I can understand why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And then at, at what point did the musical shift to acting happen? Uh, that was after high school when um, one of my buddies went to this audition for Indus Game. And um, for there were feature extra roles that they were trying to fill. And they were like... Yeah, what, wasn't New get... Orleans doing a lot of production at that yes. time? Like post-Katrina, yes. like Benjamin Button. And yes. I think like maybe one of the... Jump Street. Yeah, you know, everything All those movies. There. Everyone was there. Do, do you uh, remember Focus that? Was there. Oh yeah, I remember because there would be trailers everywhere, and there would be like wow. you know all these stars' names or code names, and oh yeah, yeah, know. totally. <laughs> and you would see the, all these like people on walkies, and like you know at the time I didn't know what that was. I was like, this is like Secret Service, you know? Yeah, like, I know. <laughs> so pretentious. <laughs> but, yeah, it's so pretentious. But uh, but it was kind of cool, and especially in our city because we're just like this never happens here, like movie stars are here they exist yeah um it's not just like on my tv but that they so yeah in this game started shooting there and my buddy was like oh i'm gonna go audition for this 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 movie and i was like oh i love the book and he was like well come with me and i was like okay cool and i went and every all of the kids there were like hundreds of us and then we all had to read these sides and um based on that you got called back so we got called back like a the next day and then it would be like the next day and the next day and the next day. And then eventually it came down to like, you know, 30 of us. And then some kids got to come in and four of us got to go and read for this one line. We would get the upgrades. So that was like the golden ticket, you know? And so it was me and it was like three other kids that were like working actors. Cause some of them were on Treme and you know, some of these oh, other shows. Love David Simon. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I was like nervous and I went in and then, um, by the time we got to the set, you know, they were like, who got the part? And I was like, you got the part. They want you to do it. And I was like, what? That was this one line. Nightmares launch you keep it to himself. I Sometimes that one line, mind. though, can be so much harder than a monologue. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yes, 100%. 100%. But um, that was it. And so next thing I was on that set for like four months. And I was, I got, and I being also one of the kids that's double and stand in. Um, I was, they made, they made good use out of me if they had me. Yeah. And, um, I got to meet, you know, I met Serbian Kingsley in, at a urinal. And then I like was running lines. Did you go for the board. handshake or did you not? <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I, and I had just watched Gandhi. <laughs> no way. <laughs> so I was just like, <laughs> it was a very That's spiritual amazing. experience for me. <laughs> wow. That's so cool, man. And I know, you know, when you're not like the lead on a film set, they can be sometimes not the most positive environment were, were they welcoming was that fun for you you know because obviously you were on it for so long like did you feel the yeah. the uh, the bug so to speak yeah i mean i think what was so cool about that particular set was that you know we also had to do boot camp together all the kids and so we're looking at a group of kids that 
at the top of their game. If you wanted to be a child actor, this was the group. It was Haley Steinfeld right off her True Grit nomination. Wow. Abigail Breslin, you know, Little Miss Sunshine. Asa Butterfield right off of Hugo. Um, you know, he was just looking Moises Iris and you know, he would teach us the Kings of Summer. That he was like his first breakout role since Hannah Montana. And it was like, you know, they were just, they were very focused. They were very serious yeah. and they were very passionate about what they were doing. And, um, Gavin Hood was the director and, you know, we, we all had to kind of do this like boot camp for like three weeks. So we were running in rain, doing push-ups. There was a lot of bonding going on, but because of that, there was a lot of exchanging of information. And like, if you really want to take this seriously, then maybe look into your local agent or maybe, you know, look into a class. And then also, you know, you can, you might run into Viola Davis on set and she was yeah. the one that was like, you know, get in the class. That's, that's the first thing you should do. So, um, so I she was curious. The, ca- and the cast was good to you. Oh, the casters, they were so, they were so sweet. Everyone was just, it was just sweet. Yeah, they were good people. I love that. That's so beautiful, man. And so then, Kelvin, did you do the, did you do the class in local agent grind? Oh, yeah. I mean, I asked one of the kids that had a local agent. I was like, can I, can you like help me out? And he was kind of like, I don't know. (laughs) But, you know, eventually I got his information and I submitted. And then um, after that, I read for them and auditioned. They were like, okay, you have something going but I would recommend you take this class. Yeah. So I, I got in with this teacher named Daniel DuPont in New Orleans. And I did that for, I guess, two years. And um, that's how I kind of learned my foundation. And he studied under Larry Moss. So, so um, Oh, Larry's great. Yeah, it's great. And um, yeah. And so I think that that was like the, that was how I started developing my vocabulary. Got it. And, and while you were in this class, were you auditioning for other New Orleans or Atlanta projects? They waited a while because they wanted to make sure I was ready. And then it was took about a year. And so I, then they started submitting me for uh, the next thing I auditioned for was Told You a Slave. Which uh, they were doing, they were doing um, reshoots. And, um, you know, I, I was still in college too. I was studying marketing and um, they last minute I went in and um, met Steve. And it was just like an improvisational audition. And five minutes later, before I left, they called me and said, I got it. And I don't have any lines in that movie, but they cast me as a, as a day player. And that was my first like proper day player. Academy award winning film, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And and a period piece that must've been so cool to be on a set like that with like Lupita, Fassbender, everyone, you know? Oh yeah. And as you were starting, I'm curious then as you had that credit, talk to me about the LA versus New York decision. Where did that come into play? Ooh, I mean, that was um, a few years later. I think I uh, eventually got to a point where, you know, I had done Roots, I had done Birth of a Nation, I had done Underground because it was all local. And I, um, <clears throat> I I got some traction from a manager, my current manager. Okay. And he was looking at the cast list for Birth of a Nation. He was like, well, I'm looking for young African-American talent. And I was like, oh, well, I'm a young African-American talent. <laughs> and, so you so, got that uh, hustle business aspect pretty early. You knew you had to grind the business wise. Because I, I know a I lot of actors. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's awesome, man. And I, I don't want to skip over it. Birth of a Nation, how was that experience? Oh, it was wonderful. I mean, you know, Nate Parker was truly at the top of his game in that moment. And just seeing him, he's the one I remember. I went in. Um, to the callback and he said um, he told me he said think the thought and then say it 
And I was just like, he said, that's all. Don't, don't overdo it. You know, it was just, it was like, it was truly like he was teaching me. I heard Chiwetel talk about subtlety and he had kind of talked, but I didn't, I didn't really understand it just yet. But then seeing Nate be on set and go back and forth behind the camera on camera and and just make it seem so effortless, effortless um, and and allowing us to relax and not overdo it, not feeling like we had to punch anything was like, that was a big turning point, I think, in my acting after working with him. But yeah, it was, it was beautiful. Yeah, and uh, did you get to go to the Sundance premiere? I heard that like first one was insane. Yeah, I didn't go. I was like, oh, I, got, I was like, I'm. I was like, I got. I was like, I, I, I didn't know how to go. No yeah, it's so expensive much, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's amazing though. So then you get this manager, and he's in New York. Yeah, so he's in L.A. Oh, he's and, in L.A. Oh, okay, he's in L.A. He hits me up and he tells me, you know, he's looking for talent. We meet. Um, I then suddenly booked recently this TV show in Puerto Rico. So I was there. Um, and then he signed me. I got an agent in LA, um, the next day it was Abrams. I was at Abrams artist. And um, the first audition they said they were going to get me was for fences. (laughs) (laughs) For the, for the sun. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Did you go back to Viola? But it, it got me to move. And that was the, what the thing was. It made me kind of go, wow, there's opportunities there that I, you know, may not have gotten if I was just sitting in the South. So I was like, I should go and move there. And I told my parents one day, we were at Audubon Park, like riding bikes. And I was like, I bought a ticket today. They're like, to where? And I was like, LA. And I was like, they're like, Wait, what? And I was like, I'm leaving tomorrow. And they were wow. just like, no, you're not. And I was like, I am. And they're like, where are you staying? I was like, with your sister. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> amazing. Like, interesting. Savage. <laughs> and then yeah. being in, in the behemoth of the beast in L.A., do you feel like that? Like, I feel like L.A. is film school just by living there. You know what I mean? Like, did everything start to change? Like, auditions? You know, because it's so saturated with actors. And it's a city that revolves around one industry. So it's great that you went there with credits because so many actors – you know, they go out there and they get lost in that. So t- talk to me a bit about that. Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was a kind of, you know, auditions were coming in and I remember I was, I was going in to everyone. I was prepared. Um, but it was mostly like sitcom and things. It was like, um, it was like, uh, a, 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 that Bella Thorne show on. Oh Freeform. yeah. I forgot what it was called. I re- um, know exactly. Yeah. And then there was, uh, you know, Riverdale. There was 13 Reasons Why. It was like every teen show that I could possibly get or like indies that were teen indies and stuff like that. And I was getting callbacks and testing and I booked nothing. So, you know, it was just, I lived really far away from the city. So I didn't really get to see much. So I would only have to drive 45 minutes in an Uber to get in. And I kind of ran out of money at a certain point. It was like three months in and I had no more money left and I had booked anything. And um, I remember getting one last audition tape and it was to do this tape for um, it comes at night and I did it. Um, I packed my suitcases up because I had a flight that day. I taped with um, managers, clients, um, and I sent that in. I packed my stuff. I went home and then I suddenly got this one bit part in Mudbound. So I flew to Budapest Yeah, and then I had a callback for it comes at night and then I got it comes at night and that changed my career. Wow. <laughs> Literally everything changed after that. So yeah, it was a rough summer. <laughs> but then you, in some ways it's good because it gave you that perception of what it's like before fully taking off. And, you know, humility, I think is such an imperative thing to longevity. 
And in some mm-hmm. ways, you know, I'm curious, you know, I, I know at the end of the day, I'm an actor, we all need to make money, but like, I feel like you've gone from being such a, a very serious actor that like, was there a moment where you were, I know we all need to survive, but like that teen ding, are you glad that didn't happen in some ways? Because, you know, you could be like on 20 seasons of some show making a lot of money, but now you're working with some of the best in the game, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think I, I'm definitely so grateful for it now. I didn't know any better then. Yeah. You know, I think I knew, I knew what good movies were, but I also knew that like, it was a dream. Like I was like, how, how who gets to do that? You know? Yeah. especially not a, a young African-American kid from New Orleans. It was like, I was at 20 at the time when I really started. And I was, I was like, there are no roles for me, you know? So for me to have this trajectory, I'm not going to be Will Smith. I'm not going to be Denzel. You know, I had all these things that I wasn't going to be. I was like the height of this. All the actor brain. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I was like to work. I was a privilege, you know, and growing up and being in New Orleans and doing, you know, weeklies and day players, I was always just like, I get to act. That's yeah. enough. Like, I'm I'm grateful for what that. I love. Totally. I get to do what I love. Yeah. So. That's amazing. But and then, you know, <laughs> how was that experience filming that, you know, going to being like number one on the call sheet? Yeah, it was insane. I think, you know, I looked at that picture the other day of, of trade. Our director took of me, Joe Legitan and Carmody Jogo and the makeup chairs getting out like, you know, our um, boils. And in our dark circles on that. It, it was weird because I'm just like staring at them in disbelief. And I forgot how much I was just like, I can't believe I'm here. Yeah. Um, but it was exciting. I learned so much and I started to see um how you know it's truly they're all craftsmen you know each one of them and i think that's what humanized the celebrity celebrity is very different from the artist and i started to see it i was like yes he's on this carpet and he's in he's in can with his nice you know chanel whatever a dior suits playing the fashion politics yeah yeah yeah. but he really is nowhere in this airbnb and suddenly i'm chopping wood and making fires with joe legerton and he's like yo you want to hear you need some socks you don't want to get you know ticks (laughs) <laughs> he like takes his socks off his feet and puts them on mine and go get some new ones and i'm just like what a bro just a, yeah what a, yeah, what, yeah. A, what, a, what, a, what a nice dude you know and we like cooked and laughed and we like we shot like these bb guns in the woods and da 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 it was just like we're just having a good time and i think it just it, it changed my perspective on how to approach the work um what the work is truly about yeah. um and how important relationship is when developing a movie yeah um, yeah and, and, and I know we were spoken off air. I hope he doesn't mind, but we both work with the same acting coach, Stan Slabersky. And I know he's like very, he's very intense in the best sense possible. And he doesn't take just about anyone on unless they're very, so like he knew you were a true talent. Talk to me about how that relationship happened because he's so amazing. He's incredible. He's incredible. He's so smart and he's so, He's just, he knows, he knows everything. <laughs> he really like, does. He really knows so he's much. A, he's a soothsayer, man. Going back to yes. New Orleans, you know what I mean? Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, I, my roommate in LA at the time was working with Ted. He, he had um, just Stone Street, I think. Or maybe oh, you, you, you lived with Danny, right? Danny, yes. You yeah. know Danny Ramirez? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did Stone yeah. Street. Okay, sick, yeah, sick. Yeah, so yeah. Danny um, um, was telling me about that, and he was like, okay, you should work, you know, he was working with his coach, and I was like, he was telling me some of the feedback he was getting and some of the notes, and I was like, that's, those are good notes. <laughs> I was like, oh, I want those notes. Um, and so he introduced me to Ted right before I was about to start Loose. Yeah. Um, 
And so I came to Ted and I was like, hi, I have this script. And he was like, okay, let's see it. And he read it and he was like, oh boy. He's like, I can't wait to get started. <laughs> oh God, I love Ted. Um, but he was the perfect person to like coach me through that movie. I mean, well, and dude, I, I, I don't want to blow smoke up your ass, but what you did with that character was some of the finest acting I've ever seen. I remember watching it at the Tribeca film. And you know how it is when you're a young actor and, like, you know, I'm still in that kind of callback audition grind. You see a newcomer and you're like, oh, man. And then I was just like, wow, you know, what you did, like, that's – it's not an easy character to play by any means. There's so many dimensions to him and you just – you rose to the occasion, man. And that's like, you know, I, I don't want to harp on it, but that's why I was so bummed about the talk. I was like, you deserve nothing but <laughs> praise, man. Like you, you crushed it and you got up with two of the biggest actors in the world. Can you, can you break that down? Like you get the script and what, what was the audition process like? Or was that an offer? Oh, no, no, no. It was intense. I remember um, I got the script uh, maybe a year before. And I read it and I was just like, I never, it was a page turner. I mean, the dialogue, it was, I mean, it's a play. Yeah, it was and a play I, first. It played first. Yeah. And I just think that I just love plays. You know, some of my favorite movies are plays, you know? Um, uh, and I just think that uh, I was like, I was really excited about the part. I went in, I met Julius, but I kind of played it differently. I was like, in order to get this part, you kind of have to be as smart as the kid. And yeah. I'm not, but I, I do know that I need to keep my cold, my cards close. That's what I took away from reading the script. And so my meeting with Julius, the director, I didn't say anything. <laughs> I only asked questions. Did and Julius I was like, wrote the play, right? He, um, JC Lee wrote the play. Julius oh. and JC wrote the screenplay. Got it, got it, got it. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. And um, I decided I only asked questions. I was like, well, what do you think about the character? Well, what do you think about this thing? And why do you think that happened? Yeah. And he's looking at me. He's like, he's like, and what do you think? I was like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he was like, this kid's an idiot. And I yeah. was like, no, but you just told me everything you wanted to see in this audition. So now I'll go tape it. Self-tape, <laughs> <laughs> <Sub> bro. Self-tape. <laughs> Ready made. Uh, so I did the self-tape. Um, With Ted? Um, not yet. I hadn't met oh, Ted yet. Okay. Okay. I, I did the self tape and I, you know, I had to do another one and then I had to do another scene and then I had to do another scene and then I do all the speeches in the movie. Then I had to go into the room and it was like an hour long audition. Wow. I literally ended up crying for like 20 minutes of it. Cause I thought I, w I was like going to lose the job. Little did I know he had already decided that I had the job before I walked in. Of course. Because Octavia Spencer, I saw at the Sundance Lab, and she was like, I can't wait to work with you. And I was just like, huh? Um, <laughs> so um, I think that was that. And then I came to Ted with the script. And, and that's when we, he really whipped me into shape because he was yeah. like, you know, you just have to be, you got to be on top of it. You know, he, he really was strict about pacing, about restraint, um, about um, a, a, a command, just being very clear, you know, yeah. stating things as facts, as statements with that character, but also keeping this this persona of charm and all balancing these other elements like the Obama side and the the the, the Will Smith storytelling element and um and you know just just and how and the physicality we talked a lot about um yeah there's just so many things that he touched on that I just never would have thought about but um yeah it was it was a process. And Naomi and Tim were just a gift. Oh, some of the finest actors ever. And, and I'm curious, you know, because, like, we live in hypersensitive times now. And sometimes I think great writing is just great writing. And it's not trying to, like, intentionally provoke and, and ask all these things. But 
just because of the time it came out, I think people started asking all these things. Like when you guys were filming it, I can't imagine that was like, oh, well, what, what's the political thing? You know what I mean? And that, that like, how is filming with them? You know, because like, I feel like when you get to work with, with good actors, it elevates your acting. But when you work with greats, you, you, you just got to be great because you don't mm-hmm. want to let them down. Mm-hmm. Everyone always asks me, like, were you nervous? Sure, I was nervous, but I'm nervous with any project. But the thing about it is, it's like, do you have time in, when you're working with Naomi Watts, Tim Roth, and Octavia Spencer to exercise your, 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 your fears about your insecurities as an actor? No, they would expect you to show up. You know, I remember, you know, Naomi invited me to our home when the first batch of rehearsals started because we did, we did three weeks of rehearsals before we started. Oh, you kind of did like a play rehearsal kind of? Oh, yes. The first thing she wanted to do was read the original play. So she brought her acting coach um to 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 her house and it was me and her assistant and we read the play from start to finish and we talked about you know just the the themes we talked about relationship we talked about um just the differences between the screenplay and the play um and and yeah and then we kind of went from there and then after that you know we had another rehearsal and another rehearsal but you know with with them it was like you know Naomi was like this is one of the hardest roles I've ever had Octavia said this is the most dialogue I've ever had yeah. You know, Tim was just like, let's do it. <laughs> He's like, enough whining, everyone. Yeah. Please, let's just do it. <laughs> yeah. um, but it was it was cool watching. Like I said, it was like, you know, you know, scientists in the lab every yeah. day. We were just trying to dissect something and unlock something. And everyone would come in with, with their glasses and their sweatpants to rehearsals with their big binders of notes and just kind of going, well, what about this thing? And I'm having a tr- trouble accessing this. And so it was like a workshop. We were all yeah. workshopping this material together. And not once did I, did I, I guess, um, I, just, I just learned from watching the questions that they asked about the work. That yeah. was the biggest thing. It's like how, how they talked about every scene. Did you, um, did you like working with like a, a, a long rehearsal process like that? Because I know that's unique. You know, you don't get that on every film. Oh, I, I wish I wish I got it on every film. I think it, it made the world of a difference in terms of like the character that I had auditioned with versus yeah. the characters on the screen. You know, totally. you get a chance to get it in your body versus like, you know, talking about it and suddenly trying to work it out on camera and then trying to figure out continuity. And as you go through the role, you sometimes slip into it more. But the editing gets a little wonky. Yeah. With Lucy, it was like I, I knew who I was playing from the beginning. I never had to question it. And also everyone else around me knew what the dynamics were because everyone else had started to form their character as well. Yeah. So it was the sense of relationship was stronger. And I'm, I'm curious to ask you, cause I know you, you, you had some credits, but like, do you feel like that film was your Juilliard, so to speak? Ooh. Um, what, what, what does that mean? I've never heard like, of like, that. like, you know, like going to like, Oh yeah. So like going to, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. In a lot of ways. I mean, that, 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 that film would mean shape. It was that. And plus I did a film right after it comes a night called monster. And I got to work with Jeffrey and, um, and Jennifer Ely. Um, and she's, and she's a breath of fresh air. And she gave me, she just gave me her acting book. She had her little notes in there. And this is the one who has like won two Tonys and it was continuing. She got nominated. I think she got nominated or won her third that the year after that. Um, and so it was just talking to her and Jeffrey every day and being number one on the call sheet again and, and being there every day for like three months was like, it's, it's a workout. You know, you become an athlete at a certain point. And um, I think those two things, I guess, 
prepared me for everything else. But I feel like I need well, another. another. <laughs> <laughs> well, but before we jump into the high note, man, I just want to say like what you did with that character is some of the most exceptional finest work I've seen. And I was, you know, the great thing about the business that we work in is like when you see great work, it just inspires you to, to want to do that. And what you did in that film, man, it was, I would have given you every award if I, if I had the capability. And I, I, I'm just curious to ask you, you know, for the actors listening from going from that kid in New Orleans to that kid in the Uber ride in LA to being there with Tim and Naomi, Mm -hmm. what would you say to to the younger one? You know, like, if now having all that experience for all those young actors that are wide eyed in LA in that Uber right now, what, any advice you would have? Do everything. I think, um, and, and, and be kind to yourself. I know a lot of people say that, but I think sometimes we get discouraged and then we do a lot of compare and contrast of what, you know, I remember looking over to me and kind of seeing the other kids in new Orleans and in their careers and being envious of them. Of course. And thinking that I'm not going to be able to have that because I didn't have these A, B, and C moments. I didn't have my outlier moment, you know. Yeah. But you don't know when yours is coming. I think yeah. that's the thing. And so all you can do is just keep doing the work. I would watch every, you know, round. I love the Hollywood reporter roundtables. I yeah. love the Actors on Actors videos. I loved watching the DVD commentaries on movies. I loved, you know, Academy Conversations. You know, I loved every acting book that I could find, get my hands on. I love taped auditions because, and, I, and, and sometimes, you know, everyone feels differently about them. You know, oh, I do it a few takes and I get out of it. And I, I, sometimes I do that depending on what it is. But sometimes it's like, this is a good chance to exercise my, my work. Yeah. And so I would take 12 hours on an audition if I could, you know, and it would just be hours and hours of just practicing and retaping and like, that's your, just your time. So I guess to my younger self was just to, just to keep working hard and don't get discouraged. Like we have so much more time than we think. And I think that's the only business where if you keep going at it, eventually you're going to have your breakthrough moment. But most people get up, give up before they get there. They get their chance. Totally get that. Yeah. So beautifully put, man. I I really appreciate you sharing that. Um, So we're here to talk about the high note, which seems like a very righteous progression of like your actual life. Now that you tell me, how did this this come your way? Uh, You know, I got the script and um, I read it and I was like, this is a really cool project. I was like, um, I really wanted to, I was looking, my agents were like, you need to do a studio movie, Calvin. And I was like, studio movies. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like they're not going to have that much depth to them. Um, And they're like, but you got to do it. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, I'm learning. So send me everything you got. Most things weren't working out. It wasn't, it wasn't the right, it didn't make sense to me or to be in it, you know, and then this came along and I liked it, but I also was like, I'm not ready to do that. So I said, no. And, and then it came back around and I was like, no. And then it came back around and I was like, fine, I'll meet with the director. And I met with the director, Nisha Gantra, Gantra and she was incredible and she was so sweet. And we really saw eye to eye in terms of who did we want to create and the influences we wanted to use yeah. for this guy. And then after that, you know, I taped. Um, and then I did a chemistry read with Dakota and then, um, and then I didn't get the job. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't get the job. And then, uh, a couple weeks went by, maybe actually just a week went by. It was, it was the day of the Tribeca screening of loose. No way. I was was in that suit. And I remember I, I, it was right before we had to go to, 
to do this, the, the Q and a, I just found out I got the job and that wow. that changed the guy that was going to do it isn't doing it anymore. And now I'm doing it and I needed to leave tomorrow. So, so that ended up being your summer, that movie. That ended up being my summer. Um, wow. And so, yeah, and that's how I, that's how I got the job. <laughs> that's amazing, man. And, and then going from, you know, you being so, you know, incredibly gifted and doing all these, you know, amazing indie films. What, how did, you know, navigating a studio movie and playing the music and working with a movie star, let alone like two others. How was that world? I mean, you, you obviously have worked with movie stars before, but you know, the way these kind of films, uh, you know, disseminate with an audience is very different than an indie. Yes. Um, it, it was a lot more money. <laughs> it was very big. And I was like, whoa, this is what it looks like. You know, being on the lot, it was the first time I was on the Universal lot and having table read with all the executives there. And, wow. And all these How did that feel? It was, Driving on the Universal lot? <laughs> it was intimidating. You know, it was exciting because I felt like, whoa, like this is that, that's that kid in me that's like, oh my God, like this is Hollywood. And you yeah. get like really excited and jittery and just like, you want to suck up all the air, but then you start to kind of go, now I actually have to do the job. <laughs> I have to like make these people realize that like they didn't make a mistake, you know, by, by actually putting me in this movie after they told me I couldn't do the movie, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, and so, and I was sick that day. I remember that too. And you know, so I think the, it was, the mechanics were just different and, um, but it, it worked at a higher level. There are a lot more cooks in the kitchen, but, um, it was interesting seeing how Dakota and Tracy um, handled that. You know, yeah. they, they, they truly are stars. Like I was like, I get what it means to be a proper star yeah. and the, the, the power of what you have to say in your influence over a project, a script or in the collaboration was key. Um, how they handled themselves on set, um, how they, how they interacted with the crew. Um, it was a, it was very big. And so that, I think there are a lot of more components, but with that comes uh, a, a more resources. Yeah. So I had to, you know, I worked with Ted, you know, and they paid for Ted. I had a trainer, wow. and I had nice. train, you know, I had guitar lessons and I had, you know, I had an assistant, I had all these things going on. And sometimes it becomes a lot to grab, to get, to get back to the work, but all those things are here to kind of help you craft your performance more. Um, and so there, to me, I kind of think there is no excuse if, you don't find truth in in those moments unless you're really working against whatever fact train you're on. The question yeah. is, what's the intent with the movie? It's a studio movie about music industry, but it's a rom-com. So how deep is it really going to go? Yeah. How deep are we really going to get into it? I can do that work, but you know, Ted and I talked about it. It's still, it's still within this, this, this entertaining um, fluffy atmosphere mm-hmm. to, to be able to digest. So, um, and it's interesting how that yeah. kind of resonates on a meta level with the character and you both being in this place of like things going well and, and on the precipice of taking off. And then, you know, that happening, you know, so I'm, I'm curious because you had such a rich musical background, was it easy to pick back up or was it like going back to the first day? Ooh, it was like, it wasn't like going back to the first day, but it definitely felt like I had um I hadn't worked out in a while. <laughs> I felt like felt like how we're gonna feel when we leave quarantine and we hit the gym. <laughs> and that was the that was the general it was it was it was it was challenging mostly be because I I I was blocking myself from from all the things I learned. I was I, I felt like I was trying to remind myself every day 
I was getting in my own way. You know, yeah. we always yeah. get in our own way. We know what to do. We, we have the tools, we've done the work. And then sometimes we kind of tell ourselves that the work isn't going to get us through this one, which is just yeah. not real. So, yeah. um, you know, the producer Rodney Jerkins helped me get through that. And Tracy helped me get through that. And after that, we were just singing and playing guitar and doing, doing the thing. Oh man, you know, we need films like that during this quarantine. And, you know, it was great to watch, man. And you were awesome and got a killer voice. And I hope, I hope we get to see a record from you soon. Maybe. Maybe, man. <laughs> uh, well, final question here, man. I'm, I'm so curious because you're, you're crushing it. And, the thing I really love about you in, in this interview is you're very buoyed. You're, you're grounded. A lot of people could go the other way. How did, how did, how have you maintained that through all this success? Mm, I appreciate you saying that. Um, I think, I guess I don't really look at it like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, my, you know, my apartment's still a mess. Um, <laughs> uh, my two best friends, you know, and I, I, I hang out with them most of the time and, we don't really go out much. We don't, we don't have friends that are, you know, that we, that are in the industry like that, you know, um, we play video games and we make music and we watch TV and we like go to the gym. (laughs) Amazing. Well, Calvin Henderson, man, I I know you got other places to go today, but I'm so grateful for you taking the time and I would love to do this again on, on your next project, man. I'm so excited for all that's to come for you. Yeah, man, I enjoy talking to you, and I, I just can't wait to talk to Ted about you know that yeah. we have to do this. That's so I'll, sick. I'll, I'll message you on Instagram. Let's grab coffee in LA or New York when this is all over. For sure, man. I can't wait. If you like the show, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening.